Hello and welcome to a special episode of the Fabulous Pelton Cast. I'm your co-host, Kevin Pelton. And I'm Tristan Carcino. And the University of Washington Huskies are 11-0 and and have clinched a spot in the final Pac-12 championship game by defeating one of the participants in next year's Pac-12 championship game. You already know. Oregon <laughs> State. <laughs> 22-20 in a game that they had it all the way. I, I, I see no other analysis. Let's fucking go! What a monster victory and what this boils down to is a little thing we like to call faith. On third down and three with a chance to seal the game, Heisman Trophy winner, Michael Penix, with faith. Faith in his number one receiver, first round draft pick. We wish future Seattle Seahawks. B- Belindicoff Trophy winner? Rome motherfucking Odunze for the completion in traffic. Good night, Oregon State forever. We hope to never see you again. I mean, I would like to see Oregon State at some point. Never but you know what? see you again. This game right there today, that's an Oregon State game. There's never been a normal one. There's never been a dry one. <laughs> it's, I mean, the logic does. Your math on this week's plot did end up checking out. Uh, if we play Oregon State again, which I hope we will, it should either be in September as a non-conference game, when it is surely lovely in Corvallis, and we did play in Seattle anyway, or on a neutral site in a bowl game at some point way down the road. So, but not not in Corvallis and certainly not in mid-November when it is a full-on monsoon in the first half. And even Romo Dunze, Blitnikoff, future Blitnikoff trophy winner, Romo Dunze says, you can't catch the ball with your hands. You can only catch it with your body. In, I mean, we uh, saw that in, in the game. They actually mentioned that. They had this they, from it's where they didn't come back to it. They, it was they the were like, you can't catch pass. ball with your hands and the next throw right off Romo Dunze's hands. <laughs> He's not oh. a liar. He is not a liar. This was maybe not the most feel-good victory of all time. It was tense. It was upsetting. We all saw the darkness. I will tell you that. We can talk to that in a second. But in the end... The grit of this team to stick with it. And I think this is a huge point about this Husky defense in particular, because you have to get that defense credit. That Oregon State offense came in as a top 15 offense statistically in the country, right? A top 10 offense statistically top in the country. Top 10 offense in the country. And the Huskies, they people might not see this. They might not see this. In the end, they outplayed them on offense and they outplayed them on defense. In Corvallis, looking at it yards per play-wise, in Corvallis for a monster victory against a top 10 team. And Kirk said it. I will give Kirk Herbstreit credit. Look, he knows we're joining the Big Ten next year. The man wants to give credit <laughs> to, to a team that Ohio State could beat next year for himself. But, well, they, but could, they could beat them this year. We'll see. Kirk Herbstreit, credit where it is due that the Huskies have been through a gauntlet this year. A win at the beginning of the season that we didn't even recognize was that big of a victory against an Arizona team that looks like an excellent team. Victories against Oregon. The unanimous, the the indisputed best one-loss team in the country 
against Oregon State. You're going to say the, the undisputed best team in the Pac-12. Against Oregon State, a top 10 team on the road. Weekly, the middle class of the Pac-12 getting through an Arizona State team that you know has beaten UCLA. Getting through USC on the road. Yeah, Utah but, at home. Arizona State do today? Doesn't matter. These are all teams that can win games. Ending a season, or not ending a season, being at 11-0 in the Pac-12 is not an easy thing to do. It is a monster performance at this point in the season that has the Huskies undefeated and should be in, as of later this week, the college football playoff. And I think that like will likely will be with Florida State losing Jordan Travis, their quarterback, and not exactly dominating Northern Alabama in the a game that was a little bit less uh less difficult, less challenging situation for them in week twelve of the college football season than the Huskies faced traveling to the number 10 team in the AP poll. I what's kind of fascinating to me about this game is how opposite it was last week's game against Utah, where in that case, the Huskies' first half was very frustrating. Second half, they kind of controlled things, had the biggest time of possession against Utah, a team that dominates time of possession all season. This game, they managed to win without scoring a point in the second half. Yes. Their time of possession in the second half was seven minutes and... At least one of those minutes was kneel downs, too. Seven minutes and 37 seconds. Wow. So basically, it was six minutes of actual possession time because a minute and a half of that was kneel downs. That is wild. It It is wild. It is definitely wild. I, it's eight minutes and 30 seconds. I, I, I've got that. My okay. math was wrong. So se- seven minutes was actual possession time. But the defense, in the end, stood up and made plays. There was the one long drive in the second half. And Jonathan Smith, I, I, I was watching it and I was like, this might be a little too ballsy. There are times, there, there are decisions that I've seen along the way. Like we talked about Dan Lanning on that fourth down against UW. I was like, that is the right decision. Jonathan Smith, when they are going so slow on that drive, I was like, dog, you still got a long way to go. And right now you're setting yourself up for best case scenario. You have a field goal to try to win this game. That is not a position I would want to be in. Like, if I was an Oregon State fan, I would have been stressed there with the way that they approached that drive, running so much clock. And in the end, it cost them because they ended up not having any opportunity of getting another possession. For UW, it was a little bit easier setting up that position where they only needed the one first down. Dylan Johnson, who was a beast all game, uh, had an excellent game again on the ground. Dylan Johnson over 100 yards for, I believe, the third week in a row. Is that right? Yep. Definitely coming on here at the end of the season when you want a running back to be coming on. And the defense standing up. And, you know, they got thrashed at various times earlier in the game. But I think the one thing that was most exceptional about this defense in this game was, number one, they did not get beat by the deep ball. And I, it, number one was number one, Jabbar number Muhammad. One, number one on both sides of the ball. Jabbar Muhammad having with a two picks, a fumble recovery, in. Oh, Dylan Johnson did not run for 100 yards today. He only had 89. Okay. He did have 100 each of the previous two weeks, but only got 16 carries. So it was it was a it was an efficient week on the ground for him with the 43 yard, numerous run that turned into a fumble for Jabbar Muhammad, including some plays that are like the, the the hidden plays. Right there was the play where the Huskies were offsides, and there was the deep ball. Jabbar Muhammad making a play on that ball 
that's a huge play in this game that it was only five yards instead of more, right? The game that he played was the best I think we've seen from a Husky defender all season long to have somebody who is really standing out from the rest of the pack. Uh, but then the big man truly on the inside having another monster game when they showed yards per play with him on the field and off the field, that was a huge difference. This is that, a was, that was over the course season. of the season, I believe. Okay. I don't know if that was tonight. That wasn't just today. I don't think so. Okay. But still, I mean, monster to have him out there. And when he came back, I think yeah. the, the long drive that they had was with him on the sideline, right? I uh, that's that's asking a lot of me to remember the exact timing there. Without I mean, that was the drive that he got hurt on, was that that possession. So without Alfonso Chupatala in the middle, without their two safeties, to have this kind of game defensively, that's been the criticism of the Huskies all year. But even when the moments, with obviously, it wasn't all great. There are long runs that you would have liked to have had back. Ta tackling is still a little bit of a question. But the negative plays that this Husky defense makes, the turnovers, the opportunism, they went out there and they made some plays against a very, probably an underrated Oregon State offense. Yeah. I mean, Jabbar Muhammad is the player of the game. It's him or Roma Dunze, the two number ones, as, as you mentioned. But I, a couple of unsung heroes on the defense to mention. Elisha Jackson, someone oh, yeah. who's had kind of a frustrating season with his ability to cover on an island and cover deep balls, made some big plays tonight uh, and did not get beat deep. He was also a big part of that. And then you mentioned all the injuries at safety. No Asa Turner, no Cam Fabiculon, and no Vince Nunley Jr., Mikel Estine steps into that starting safety spot. I think he probably played just about every snap in this game. I don't know if he was out in maybe like a goal line situation or something like that, but, you know, wasn't rotating. Uh, this was a different look than they had used at USC when they put Mish Powell back at safety. He stayed at his Husky slash nickel spot today, and Mikel Estine stepped up and, and played a strong game. Strong game. I believe he talked shit on almost every single play, so I like that. <laughs> Is he? He's number 24, right? He is number 24, yes. Yeah, no, he was he was mixing it up often. Uh, and you you love to see it against Oregon State in this one. So uh that to me was that's the games, the defense stepping up in those situations, and especially that last drive, uh getting the punt beforehand, right? Or holding them to the field goal on the drive after Oregon State State scored the touchdown. Because we're all sitting there thinking to ourselves, Oregon State is going to score here, UW's gonna need a drive, right? There's probably, I mean, I can't imagine, you would have to be the most optimistic Husky fan in the world to have thought that they were going to stop Oregon State in that situation. So to get that field goal was a huge play in that situation. Obviously, Oregon State had a chance to get it back. But if we're talking about the Huskies playing from behind there, they didn't score in the second half. So it may not have happened. Uh, that, that possession and then the final possession, being able to stand up get it to a fourth down, force that fourth down in completion, get the ball back and pick up the first down. It was freaking huge in this game. Offensively, a couple of unsung heroes. Like, it was a very tough night for Jalen Polk. After Did he have they... a catch? Did either of the Jalens have a catch? I thought I think no Jalens had a catch. No Jalens had catches in a combined eight targets. After the pregame, uh, Jalen Polk mic'd up talking about how he loves the rain. I love the rain. <laughs> no catches in six targets. He's gonna Jaylen, be here all night. Jalen McMillan no catches. He was there all night. He 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 was on the field all night. Jalen McMillan had the ball that like right to his hands, and you're just like, ah, oh, so frustrating. A very difficult pass to catch, and especially for someone who has not played a lot lately. But you know what? This was a battle. This is my dog right here. 
This was a battle of Jack versus Jake. Let's freaking go! Jack best over, baby! What <laughs> a freaking game. Because even alongside that possession that the Huskies had, the defensive stop that they had, was the ball being pinned at the five-yard line. This is Pete Carroll football right here. Like, the Huskies advancing the ball on that completion to Jack Westover that got it to midfield. They didn't get a first down after that. But it put them in the position to be able to pin Oregon State at the five where that possession started, which, you know, it's all those little bits that lead to it, right? The dominoes that are falling. You could, tra you could trace the victory all the way the, down. The meme? To yeah. It starts right there. Did Michael Penix throwing a ball that we all thought he was throwing away and it landing into Jack Westover's hands, right? You could you could trace it all the way back from Jack Bestover to Romo Dunze and a W for the Huskies going to the Pac-12 championship. <laughs> the demise of the Pac-12. Jack Westover catching that pass. I mean, uh, the other guy, I don't know how much he even played in this game, coming off an injury, playing his final allowed game in the regular season if he's going to redshirt. And understandable because, you know, hopefully he won't be needed. Hopefully Jalen McMillan will be healthier next week for the Apple Cup. Giles Jackson. One oh catch, but a huge. huge first down on one of their touchdown drives. Very monster catch. Uh, also, Michael Penix scrambling, something that we don't see very often. Nope. Uh, but, but Michael Penix breaking a tackle and fighting for a first down. A couple of plays that were very, very big in this game. And Penix wasn't sacked again, as he seemingly never is. Uh, so there were there were some positives even there in there on a night where Michael Bennix Jr. completed forty six percent of his passes. It was it was funny. Like I actually thought there was one the pass to Culp that he really missed, and there was a pass to I think it was Jeremy Bernard at the that was a third down. The third and, down, yeah. And and he kind of missed that throw. But beyond that, Penix played like almost a near perfect game. I mean, I think his decision-making was really strong. And then, you know, when you factor in the elements, look, this He's was obviously a very difficult night to putting pass. Putting the ball in the right places. And, and then the running, the rushing touchdown that he had. Like, Michael Penix did nothing wrong here in, in this situation. You saw it with DJ Young Lele as well. Like, how difficult it was to pass. And when these, they were looking at the These guys came field, in as two of the top 11 quarterbacks in the nation in QBR. No, and they, they when, combined to, neither of them completed half of their passes. I thought DJ Young Lele... I mean, if you didn't have the background on who he was, you would look at him as like a just a run-of-the-mill, like replacement-level Pac-12 quarterback. You know, there was nothing that he did in this game that I thought was particularly impressive. The I running mean, there, there wasn't when he trucked like three dudes the, no, and ran the, for thirty yards on third and ten. That was pretty impressive to me. The, I was the, impressed. The running was impressive, but as a passer, and I think they it's probably tough to look, separate look, the look, elements if I'm an Oregon State defense. Fan, I'm looking back at this as like, why the fuck did we pass so much? And you hand that ball off every single time. If you go Taysom Hill with DJ Ungalele, like that plus Martinez running, like they looked pretty unstoppable. But those small plays where the Huskies backed them up, those couple of plays that were made in the backfield for a loss of one, Braylon Trice playing a very good game, then pressuring DJ pretty consistently throughout this game. Even, you know, the pass that he made that set up their touchdown, like that was a a play that he had to make under pressure. I guess I'll give him that one as well. But uh, I mean, they, to your, they were to your point about the defense. Damian Martinez is impossible as he looked to tackle for long stretches of this game. 4.7 yards per carry, less than Dylan Johnson. Yeah. So I another key play in this game that we have to mention, the safety. 
for oh, a second yes. consecutive week. The Huskies playing like classic Pete Carroll football. Uh, obviously didn't end up with a uh, a scorigami in this one at 22-20, but you know, just the weird scores that end up getting produced by a a, a uh, safety. But I do want to say, there's this storyline out there that the Huskies won by two points and got a safety. So therefore they won because of the safety. And I need to remind y'all that they two won by conversion. two points because they attempted a two point conversion because their score was thrown off by the safety. The odds are this, very high. Who is this having this dialogue? There, There's one dialogue to be had. And the two number ones, offense and defense. Did you know what two number ones makes? 11? 11 and 0. That's the oh, only wow. That is the only dialogue that needs to happen about this game. This is about also two ones, the ranking of Oregon State in the college football playoff. You want to whine? You want to complain about something or whatever? Win the fucking game. You're number 11 in the country. You are playing at home. Win the fucking game. This is a huge win for the University of Washington. No asterisk, no if, ands, or buts, or bad it, right? Like, th- this. This is a game that was not easy. It was set up. That entire second half was set up for Oregon State to win it, and the dogs came out of there with the victory. And now the focus shifts to the Apple Cup, but you know going in that you were guaranteed a spot as the top seed in the Pac-12 championship game uh, 13 days from now in Las Vegas, where conveniently... It does not rain like it does in Corvallis in Seattle this time of year. And even if it does, I think they have a, they have a retractable they, roof, right? Do they have a chance, just scenarios-wise, say UW beats, beats Wazoo, or we've clinched, so we don't matter, right? For the number two slot, if Oregon State is out, Oregon right? State is out with three conference losses. If Oregon loses to Oregon State and Arizona wins, is Arizona in? That is correct. That is the scenario. Wow. I love you, Beavs. <laughs> Always loved you. Lifelong beefs, man. <laughs> as I mean, long as you're playing somebody else. And you, you know what? I will even throw is that game on Friday or Saturday next week? I believe that one is on Friday. All right. I've got from from Halloween that Oregon State t-shirt. I will throw it on on Friday. In solidarity <laughs> with my beefs. Oh boy. Look, we're yeah. never gonna play them again, so I'm fine with it. Yeah, that is 5.30 next Friday night oh will be God. Oregon versus wow. Oregon State. And... Go. Arizona has Arizona State? Yes. Man, Arizona with a chance to play in the Pac-12. And they would be scary, right? Like, if we played Arizona, I'd be like, I don't know. Not an easy W. Uh, they lost we... the week after. You remember, after the whole, like, hand-wringing over the Huskies, only winning by seven yeah. in Tempe. They lost 43-41 in... Is that USC. double overtime yeah. at USC? And since then have ripped off five consecutive victories. Wow. Somehow Colorado, no, I guess at Oregon, uh, they beat Oregon State by three. They only won by three at Colorado, which is shocking. And then just dominated Utah today. They're surely going to move into the top 15 after this victory. It's wild. Yeah. Arizona, Arizona's playing very good football. Uh, and a it was USC triple OT that, for the record at I, USC. USC has given up on the season, if we're being honest. Like they yeah. are not as bad of a team, <laughs> just like blow they by blow. Be. They they are not as bad of a team as they are. I don't. USC is a crazy scenario. But can I talk about the darkness for one second? Okay, because we saw a lot of it. The moment that I saw the darkness, and this is the, I, I would never criticize Kalen DeBoer 
fourth and five from the 20 or so up by 12 points. They end up lining up for a field goal, which Grady Gross hits the first version, right? The first field goal. They false start or illegal snap, really. Uh, something like that. Fourth and five in that position, up by 12 points, is a go situation with this offense. That is not a kick a field goal in the pouring rain situation. That was the type of situation that even if you don't get it, to me, the worst thing you can do, not, not pick up a fourth down is one thing, because at least you left your offense on the field. Missing a field goal is the worst thing that you can do as an offense, in my opinion. That is that is it. That is such a huge feeling of a win for the other team because you've already settled, right? You've already conceded the drive by kicking a field goal to begin with. You're not even going down swinging. And if the Huskies go for that fourth and five, pick it up, score a touchdown, it is a radically different game. The second that that field goal doesn't go in, that Grady Gross misses it, literally after he hit the first one, we know that there's a second one coming. I saw the future. The future did not look good. Which, granted, in any Husky scenario, I've never seen a positive future. Thank you. <laughs> but from that moment forward, I was like, Oregon State's going to score. We're going to have a three and out. Oregon State's going to score again. It's going to be late in the fourth quarter, and the Huskies are going to need a touchdown or a field goal to win this game. Didn't end up playing out exactly that way. But I do feel like that decision to not go for that fourth down was the wrong decision right in that moment when the Huskies could have gone up 19. Game is over at that point. There's no way Oregon State's coming back from a 19-point deficit. So that that was the only thing from that moment forward where I was like, I, I also wasn't sure about the uh, probably going up two scores is right, but that two-point conversion, the situation of it, I was like, not sure about this one. The conditions we did not favor the offense. at short yardage at two point conversion type plays. Cause that's going to come up at some point in the future. They have to find better plays for it. And they have not been good at them this year. I honestly can't even, have we got, we must've gotten a two point conversion. I'd have to look it up. I don't, I don't remember one off the top of my head. There was the, uh, wait, 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 say one against Oregon, but they, they picked up a two point conversion with the, there was the play that like basically looked like the Russell Wilson play, right? Against Oregon. Wasn't that oh, against okay. Oregon? I don't even remember. Where we threw you don't it up. even you don't even remember a play that looked like the Russell Wilson I, play. I do remember that. That was against Oregon that we got that one, and then we had the truly awful one that Roma Dunze had. We had the one that Devin Culp dropped last week, and this one, which wasn't even really a competitive play. Like they've got to they've got to get a little bit better in those super short yardage situations. I agree that that would be something for them to a place for them to execute better. There are not a lot of games left, but those situations are going to be the ones that are going to matter because this obviously every one week at a time. Every, every single point is important from here on out. Yeah. Like, it would be nice in the Apple Cup, we'll preview that obviously on the weekly pod, to not play a game that was this stressful where we saw this much of the darkness, but we're prepared for it. Like, Oh, I'm not. There's nobody, nobody is taking Wazoo for granted at all. There's not a chance that in, I mean, still it's not the final them, Apple but, Cup. But the final Pac-12 version of the Apple Cup, nobody is taking that one for granted. 100%. But in, for this moment, for this week, the Huskies are 11-0. They have downed Oregon State, a team that you hate to play every single time. A very good Oregon State team, a very good Oregon State offense. The defense showed what they can do. We know what Michael Penix and Roma Dunze can do. 
The Huskies at 11-0 should be in the college football playoff for this week. It is one week at a time. But right now, we have to be feeling very, very good. I mean, look, this is, you know, already at 10-0 is the only the second time in UW program history. 11-0 just continue. I mean, this is one of the interesting things about the difference between now and 1991 when the Huskies shared the national championship. You only played 12 games in the entire season back then. Now they could hypothetically play up to 15. So it's a it's a lot more grueling uh, a road than, than the 1991 Huskies faced, granting that they were way more dominant along that road. The other thing that we should say here, already a huge weekend for the UW Athletic Department UW men's basketball going into Las Vegas, taking down Sean Miller and Xavier on Friday night in a 74-71 win. Definitely not same old stuff from the Huskies in that one. And now Sunday playing against San Diego State in the championship of the Continental Tire tip-off. San Diego State looks very scary after they just crushed St. Mary's in the first game of the semifinals on Friday, but that's all gravy. Like Xavier is the kind of team you'd potentially be competing with for a, an at-large bid to the NCAA tournament. San Diego state's much too good to worry about that discussion. So there's nothing but upside for the Huskies on Sunday. Let's just say good things happen to the Huskies in Vegas. Uh, Not in the big 12 tournament lately, but yes. Uh, And And the Seahawks tomorrow against the Rams. It's been another big sports weekend and plenty more of those to come. On that note, thanks for listening and go dogs. Go dogs.